Hello, and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please join our host, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, or KP, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to show support by giving a like, follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible A Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word, and thank you for being part of our community. This episode contains some mild adult language. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's slash month slash year's episode of Animation Communication. So, Anthony, what's what's going on in the, the, the world of animation of this recording? Lots of animation recordings. I mean, news. We have... <laughs> We have uh, Pinocchio that just released today, if my sources are correct. My you want to talk about that one first? Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I know Tom Hanks is in it. I don't, uh, you know, it was just made to be, and Robert Zemeckis directed it. You might know Robert Zemeckis. Do you know who Robert Zemeckis is, Anthony? I do not. You do not? Okay. So, Robert Zemeckis is famous for directing Back to the Future, and Forrest Gump. I should really and know that. <laughs> Mars needs moms. You know, the the, the the greatest thing that's ever been made. <laughs> Mars needs moms. We should. Never, like, can we cut this? Redo it. Redo it. We got to make sure Anthony knows his animation stuff. Yeah. You know, you know you're know, you a bad Directors. temporary co-host. Um, a bad so, film yeah, I only student. have a hand. I only know a handful of, of live action directors. So don't feel too bad. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and I've also never seen Mar- Mars Needs Moms, so you know it it might be good. I no, it it got like a thirty three on Rotten Tomatoes, but you know, <laughs> I've never seen it. Just to clarify it to the the room. Um, but yeah, it was interesting because they just made it officially, or they just released it on Disney Plus, even though it has some like A list talent. I mean, Tom Hanks is as A list as you can get um, as Geppetto. Um, so Disney just has I so guess, much money they can do this, I guess. Well, the thing is that they make so much money via the theme parks, which is basically, you know, for the most part, like a set cost. So compared to, you know, other studios that have mm-hmm. universal, like, you know, and then it, it gets to like the Disney theme parks are more embedded in, you know, American culture than like Universal Studios. And, you know, it's like, that's the advantage you have of being Walt Disney and doing all these things first is you kind of establish the tone and then everyone is just like, we, we got to go to Disney World. So, um, <laughs> you know, that was that was an Iger thing where Iger was just like, yeah, we fixed it. We don't have to worry about money anymore because we're making so much fucking money at the, at the, the thing, the, yep. the theme parks. Yay, it's like, all, subscribed. It's all the evil propaganda plot of the mouse himself. The mouse, but you know, I mean, I don't. Disney, Mickey Disney, mouse. smart boy, uh, <laughs> for sure. Like, what? I mean, just it, no one. It just won't go away. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> so that came out. We haven't seen it, but it's out. You know, it's it's it's, it's there. Um, so I guess go watch it if you want to. I think it so. looks neat with the animation and everything. But do you have feelings because of? Just live action feelings. Um, it seems like a more a better creative team than what we got for Lion King, and just like giving it to someone random as far as like production in general, and the fact that it has human characters in it, and Pinocchio is the only animated. I guess Jiminy Cricket too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because those um characters are already you know 
or already human, then it's a little bit less jarring. So mm-hmm. I'm just surprised that they released it just straight on Disney Plus and they didn't, you know, do a, lot, a theatrical run for it because they have, you know, they, God knows they have the, the talent for it. But I don't yeah. know. It probably was a was a like, hey, we don't want to risk it because COVID, you know, kind of thing. Like we don't want to have it be bad and do bad in the 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 box office and stuff like that. Um, that's that's oh. true. Yeah, it could be. That actually is. That's. I mean, that's a good point. I don't know. Maybe Disney or people do this because it's like, well, if it, you know, if it's on streaming, it won't look bad if it does bad, and so we're just gonna still well, pump it out for you know. And reasons. and that's a that's a. I mean, spoiler, I guess, but that's a point that I'm gonna make in the Lion King video. It's just mm-hmm. like you know, they're they're really focused on doing this this prequel with Scar and Mufasa, and just like, just make it 2D. What are you gonna do? Unsubscribe from Disney Plus? Like, there's no risk. There's virtually no risk. So yeah, um, yeah interesting well, what 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 are you doing guys so um <laughs> you know you can you can run your own like you're, you're a youtuber now disney you can you can run your own show and you know people are just going to consume content and you're still making money that way so like just just, just do 2d like do it it's fine <laughs> press, mm-hmm. press the press the animate button oh go ahead Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Random. I was gonna say, why does Pinocchio to me look like the new edition of Sonic in the movies, and then Jiminy Cricket looks like ugly Sonic? <laughs> That's all I'm thinking when I looked at it. <laughs> no offense, Jiminy, but also he's the villain of Kingdom Hearts, so it's okay to make fun of him. But sorry, what were you gonna say? Is is he? <laughs> no, he's not. It's just in like the second game. Apologize if the timeline is wrong. He like only writes a note that says like thank this person instead of writing you know like other stuff that wasn't gonna get deleted or or like forgotten kind of thing. He just writes like one word. So I like to joke that he he's the villain because a lot could have been solved with without with more information. But yeah, no, he's he's Come good. That would be amazing. Although we always we always joke that like the main villain would actually be Mortimer Mouse and he would have like a hood on and then like he would take it <laughs> off and his like giant snout would appear. But anyway, this is a tangent. We can talk about Kingdom Hearts in another podcast. <laughs> so yeah, we can talk about yeah, we can talk about um, Mortimer Mouse, who appears really in um, House of Mouse. Thing. Um, is that is that it for him? Off the top of my head, yes. Oh my god, um, might he might his, be in yeah. like the epic Mickey games, but I I doubt it. Um, so I didn't realize that was his his origin. I don't think it's his origin. Well, his origin is that. Um, they were gonna name Mickey Mouse Mortimer Mouse, and then right, his yes. wife was like, "Hey, change that." Um, so <laughs> you know, then they made the character of Mortimer Mouse anyway, like fucking, you know. Uh, okay, yeah, he anyway. did. He did have his debut. I'm looking it up quick as well, but that's cool. Yeah, House of Mouse was his 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 shining moments, but that's funny. <laughs> so yeah, use use Mortimer Mouse guys. He's he's funny. I don't think he's um, been he's in Kingdom Hearts yet. <laughs> no, but you know that's that's why they're making Game Four. Just so like again, he can be the villain. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um. Anyway, so uh, and and uh, obviously, I'm sure you know this, Anthony. This is not related to animation, but since you know we're on the day of uh, Queen Elizabeth died. <laughs> yes, yes, I did. I did hear. It so, is um, unfortunate news for the day. Yeah, um, um, I don't really have any thoughts about that besides, you know, they, they live. My fun fact for 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 that, um, if that's what we're calling, is uh, Prince Philip cannot be like buried, buried without Elizabeth dying. So they had to put him like the like in a in a holding area, like underneath the church, essentially, until oh wow, Queen Elizabeth died. So um, 
there, there you go. He had to wait. That's really interesting. Yeah, so for the listeners, this is the uh, the chill portion. The news portion is the chill portion. But yeah, that's actually really cool. I never I never knew that. That is a fun fact. Well, now you know. Sad and, you fun know, fact. I, was, I, think, I think we made memes as far as like, we thought she would never die, but then then she... Like, my other funny thing is like, someone posted a, a Sheen gif on, on Twitter and was just like, oh, we gotta go kill the queen. And they scheduled it like two weeks ago. And it like, oh, the, the tweet no. like... Hit, the exact tweet and then it went viral and then they had to clarify that they weren't in a cult or anything like that they were just making a meme oh my god they're all over them right now the secret services are just gonna <laughs> oh my goodness like yeah it's... and they're just like the fbi won't care they're not you know english so. yeah it's my friend's birthday today so i told him that the queen gave him her life energy and so he's gonna live <laughs> for like 400 years now <laughs> All rip, you know, and that like that sucks for your friend though, because like you know, people are probably not focused on his birthday now. That's true. I mean, hopefully at home. <laughs> no, no, at home also. It's just like, wow, did you hear? And I even wishing him happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but it is good to honor her. It is a, it is a rest in peace. Yeah, one of my friends, Kevin, uh, his, his birthday is on April Fool's, so people would always. He told me. So is my stepmom. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's that's good to know. Well, or that's interesting to know. But anyway, uh, he would um, people would be like, "Oh, I got a present for you for your birthday, April Fool." Ah. <laughs> and you one know... time. Oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, my favorite thing is uh, one time uh, we we were at a con during his birthday, and I and I uh, used his got into his Facebook when he was in the shower, and I just said like, <laughs> "Hey guys, I'm coming out as." <laughs> And then when he got, it was the funniest thing, and his cousin like believed it, and oh he was goodness. just like, "Oh my god, like you have my support, like you know." <laughs> that is and funny. And then he had to clarify, "Oh no, my friend just got a hold of my phone." And oh my god. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Disappointed. She was like, "We already knew," and then you were like, "Oh wait." <laughs> <laughs> no but in real okay so yes once again apologize listeners but uh in relation to the april fool's thing i think it was like for my one of my senior projects for like the film class or senior seminar we were in we either could do like a film or an essay or something and i think it was i think it was an actual interview or it was a script that my friend did but she did it about like a girl who was born on 9-11 post i guess 9-11 Ooh. and like i always think that's actually really interesting in that's interesting in, in that sense of like you know her birthday how is that because for at least for america that's like the most kind of like if you were to pick a day you know it'd either be like fourth july or, or probably that you know so it's like i wonder how birthdays are for, for them well you know in september like fourth of july is fun we should get fireworks you know yeah no exactly exactly september opposite ends of it like opposite ends a pretty of america bummer. Pro- yeah, yeah so anyway um, um you know america um <laughs> But yes, so, moving anyway, on. Moving on. So per, so the last thing is uh, Rick and Morty. You know, 100 years, Rick and Morty. So Anthony is working on the review for that. That will be out whenever. Like, at this point, I'm kind of like, whenever, because my standards are, are <laughs> high. And I want to make sure people get good content and not just any content. So... Uh, yeah. So, so you... Well, um, so it's available on Delta... Uh, sorry. My voice is kind of losing. Anyway, um, <coughs> anyway, cut cut that. Um, it's available on Adult Swim's uh, site. If you're in America, I assume 
it might be other places, but I don't, I don't know. And it, it is not in Ireland yet because we have a new editor on the team that is from Ireland. And he confirmed that it is not available there yet. So if you're listening to this when the podcast is released, Ireland, I'm sorry. And I hope you get it soon. Um, how is he going to do the edit without the, the thing? Oh, I'll see. There's a website that I was able to download it from, but oh, I have okay. to figure out how to convert the video. So editor cut this also. Um, but yeah, I'll figure out how to, you know, I'll send that to him and see what we can do. Also, before oh. we, before editor cuts it, do you want to just talk about the Warner Brothers after this quick too, or? Oh, uh, well, yeah, I wanted to talk more about Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah, after Rick and Morty, I mean, you just said okay. last thing. So, but anyway, okay. okay. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay. So, <laughs> um, not actual last thing. Okay, you can resume in here. So not actual last thing. Rick and Morty, 100 years. So I even like, I even did the thing where uh, Wendy's is having a promotion where they're, uh, yeah. If you, yeah, if you order through Uber Eats, um, you know, then you get, you might get like some Morty sweatpants. And I think, and like all of the branding on Uber Eats for Wendy's is now Morty's instead of Wendy's. Oh my goodness! So, and I was so disappointed when I got my food, and there was it like it wasn't branded as Morty's; it was just <sighs> Wendy's. And I was just like, "Come on, guys!" So it like, is a rare chance. Is it like intentionally a chance, or is it like you know, it's just like a chance? I don't you know. Might... <laughs> I just like I was just really entertained by like they have like two meal options you can choose, and I was really entertained that they had like a whole like in character like description of the food by rick so there's like a chicken <laughs> sandwich and like a baconator sandwich and that's funny you know i got a really plain sandwich because i don't really like either one of those things um but rick and morty 100 years um <laughs> i did it um but anyway so i'm kind of like at this point i'm kind of like hey you know i could have gone longer like i feel like the finale for season five was just so big and amazing that like i feel like my my batteries for rick and morty are charged so it's nice that we have a new season um mm -hmm. as always but it's it's not like i could have like gone longer than like oh my god they like blew my mind so um but yeah they had it just one episode they had some revelations we won't go into spoilers but you know go watch rick and morty 100 years it's it's like um you know, I still really like it, and I guess we'll see what the future holds as far as how long they're going to keep on making it, but hopefully not forever, because, you know. Yeah, it was really good. Go watch. I didn't, like, get confirmed a while ago for, like, 11 seasons or something. Like, Adult Swim bought it they, immediately. They confirmed 70 episodes total, I think, so that's oh, okay. why they're able to do these, these like, multi-seasonal arcs, and they're not, like, just kind of, like, uh, uh, just doing whatever. Yeah, okay. Well, hopefully it has a while before it falls into the inevitable, like, the show is going on for too long. I, I, but... I, don't, I don't want it to be a Simpsons, please. Like, we need to end the Simpsons. We probably need to end Family Guy. American Dad probably needs to end. You know, I just have a list of just, like, just, just kill it already. Like, you know, I, I don't know if that will happen anytime soon because mm -hmm. of uh, Disney buying the Simpsons and using their branding and, and stuff like that. But, like... Just, 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 just kill it. Just, yeah. It, it, it's, it's run its course. Let someone else take that spot, you know? It's almost as if they, like, want it to get bad rate. Like, I feel like some of these shows, it's like, oh, we're going to run it, run it, run it. And then it's like, please no. And then it gets bad. And then the ratings are bad. And they're like, well, we got to cancel it now. And it's like, but it should have ended sooner. Like, you know, it's almost like they do it intentionally. Maybe yeah, that's just well, my conspiracy. I'm just doing the, the thing where networks, like, if they don't like a show or they, they want some change, they just um, put the show in a bad spot and then 
you know, said it has bad ratings, so that's why they canceled it. I'm like, you're the one who put it in the spot that that has, that you Ooh, know, it's not going to perform well. In, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's not really a conspiracy, Anthony. That's just like <laughs> common knowledge of networks being mean. But it's fun to say conspiracy, and then in case we get recognized by a network, we could say it's a conspiracy and not actually, <laughs> you know, created by Dick. Uh, no, I'm Wolf. kidding. <laughs> Okay. Um. And why don't you why don't you take the last thing? Cause like my voice is gonna give out soon. Sure. No problem. And it's just just quick. Uh. But I believe it was announced earlier. So um. Warner Brothers is doing a trio of animated movies to premiere at uh New York Comic Con, which is very cool. Which uh I hopefully can go do because that'd be cool. Uh. And so the movies are Aqua Teen Forever, Plantasm. If I'm saying that correctly. Batman and Superman: Battle of the Super Sons. And Mortal Kombat Legends Snowblind. So I guess they're going to do it. Oh, yeah, I guess October 5th to the 9th, I think, is maybe when Comic-Con is. So, yeah, we'll see how those how those go and how those do. So that's pretty cool. This might have actually been, these movies may have been announced already. So, but at least they're being premiered there. So I, I, I think it's ironic that the best thing that Warner Brothers is doing right now is their animation stuff. Like, Harley Quinn's, like, the show's, like, kicking ass, you know? And, and everyone mm. is just, like... All the live action stuff everyone hates, and you know, it's just. <laughs> yeah, I, I only saw a little bit of Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn. Yeah, it seemed good. I watched a few episodes of that randomly at my friend's while he was asleep because he just fell asleep. But yeah, it seemed good. So yeah, go watch it. Yeah, it's it's on season three and season four just got confirmed. Oh, cool! So I I love it. It's great. Is, it's is, funny and it's it's very my style kind of a humor. <laughs> so if you like my videos, you know, then watch Harley Quinn. Is, um, and you like the gay, then watch Harley <laughs> Quinn. Is Aqua Teen Hunger Force still going? Or is this just like a spinoff, if you know? Or like, I kind of know. I don't know. I, I, Aqua Teen Hunger Force is not in my repertoire of knowledge. <laughs> um, I just I just know the basics that it's about a meatball and some guy who's hairy. And, you know. I think the, I think the guy is Carl and. Yeah, and then then I don't remember the other names, unless it is just meatball shake and fries. But I'm pretty sure they have names. So <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you know, I'm just all for for like make serialized stuff. You know, put put like some point to your story, and then then you can end like do a Gravity Falls and just end it, and and, and then it can exist forever because that's kind of like the real game. Like that's the way your stuff is going to be remembered is if it has a good story or not, and not just because it's funny. So. You know, mm-hmm. over the uh, garden wall. Oh yeah, that was that was that was good too. Um, but yeah, we we can save that for Halloween time. Ooh yeah, yeah, I'm rewatching it now, mm-hmm. but we'll talk about that again at a later date. Haha! Now I now I I hook Anthony to do more podcasts now. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Um, so that's the news. Um, thanks for listening to the rambles and enjoy our interview with Joy, who's neat. So. Yay. Okay, so with us this week is uh, our our guest, Joy. So, Joy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself um, and kind of what you do in the industry? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, thank you so much for having me. My name is Joy. I'm a film and TV composer here based in Los Angeles, and I'm excited to spend some time with you guys. Yeah, thank you so much for, for joining us. And, um, like, we, it's basically an animation nerd podcast, so some... I love um, it. <laughs> so yeah, you, you'd be surprised how how much people pay attention to things. Um, the the small percentage that are you know 
just in it to win it. No, you um, know what? These are my people. So <laughs> I'm a nerd myself. Very proud nerd. <laughs> I think you, you kind of have to be if you if you want to go through the trials of trying to break in and, you know, all that stuff. Because it's, it's, it's not fun, let me tell you. <laughs> Some parts. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, um, Anthony, you ready? Yeah, so... Uh... If you don't mind, tell us how you started your creative journey and kind of where it all where it all began. Any any inspirations? Any just anything you want to share? Yeah, of course. Um, so I was grew up in a family, I guess, full of music. Like my parents, uh, since young, they you know had us take piano lessons or like dance lessons, art lessons. They just want to see which hobby kind of sticks and just. Um, have another activity besides school, which I very, very appreciate because that really inspired my my love for music. Um, I played cl- classical piano since the age of six. And um, in school, um, well, some of my early memories is during lunch break, I would, instead of hanging out with other people, I would just go to the auditorium and sneak in where the piano is at and then <laughs> just play piano for fun and <laughs> and just whatever emotions I feel at the time I, I, I thought I was really cool doing that and then a, a teacher came in and he was like I think you're composing like you should look into that and I was like oh cool and um, I really was always fascinated about movies especially animation growing up and how music played such a big part of it and even though sometimes if you haven't seen like a childhood film whenever you go back it's like you remember the music so well, like almost like a friend. And I, that really inspired me to pursue writing for film and film scoring. And uh, so I, I went to Berkeley College of Music for, uh, to study film scoring. And flash forward to now, I'm now here in LA and working with a ton of cool people, which is uh, a dream. So, and yeah, I mean, there's tons of inspirations that I had since I was young. Uh, some notable composers are like, you know, of course, John Williams, Alan Menken, um, who has writes such beautiful me- melodies. Um, there's so many great composers out there, that especially in the animation world. Um, do you have any, well, what are some of your favorite uh, animation films? Because we can we talk about that all day. Oh, yeah. Well, I, so I was born in the year of Lion King, so I think that would always be a very special film to me. <laughs> and that's like a, a film that I, you know, made my mom watch with me like repeatedly until she said she can sing the opening. Um, so I, that's always like a special film in my heart. But there's so many, like so many. What are some of you guys' favorite animations? Um, well, I talk about my favorites a lot. Um, so yeah, Lion King's one of my favorites, and I like Little Mermaid, and yeah. you know, um, and it's nice Lion King too um, because. Not Lion King, the sequel, but Lion King is nice, too, because there's a balance between the the actual songs and then the, the score, which I don't yeah. think is highlighted as much in other movies. It's always like, you know, what songs do the characters sing? But, like, especially with the remake that um, wasn't that great. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> and the highlights was, you know, the score. And even though it was, like, Hans Zimmer just, like doing what he did again you know just pay, getting paid for mm-hmm. doing base for copying his own homework from 20 years ago right. um but it was amazing that's, that's yeah a beautiful yeah that's, score <laughs> i think uh that's one of the highlights of the movie in general is i think this the score which was actually you know i think it was on a legacy soundtrack essentially. oh for and, sure yeah and then it um and then he basically took that and did a little bit more than that but like they're doing a thing now where they 
or Disney is doing a thing now to clarify where they do like legacy soundtracks where they remaster all of their own their old um, songs with better technology from my understanding mm-hmm. so um, you know I think uh, the Hunchback one just came out earlier this year which is another one of my favorites obviously. oh yeah that's a great one. Oh my god like hunch- <laughs> like the, like that anyway I could talk about these these things forever um but yeah, Anthony, what do you, what do you, what kind of things do you like? You never get to talk. <laughs> I feel like since being on the team, I think my subconsciously and my favorite movies have shifted to like Treasure Planet and Lion King. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, mean, I do. Well, I do love those though. But um, I do. I mean, that I love just anything, <laughs> anything Disney. So Emperor's New Groove and Lilo and Stitch with funny enough, both, oh, I guess don't. So good. Yeah, yeah. They're just they're they're some of my favorites. They're classics. I've always loved Stitch. I had a whole Stitch bedroom and stuff when I was a kid. Um, you had oh a Stitch God. bedroom? Yeah, I admit it. Can, it was can, amazing. Can I see pictures of this? I'll have to find pictures of it, but I probably still have some of the like the furniture or the blankets or something. So yeah, it it exists. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I had a got... giant Stitch stuffed toy growing yeah. up. That's still sitting That's in my amazing. childhood room. It's oh, so adorable. Perfect. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I, um, there's um, the Japanese anime movie Your Name also has like an amazing score, which is, is, is one of my favorites. Who did that um, one? Um, actually, okay, so I'm not, I'm not as uh, much knowledge. I'm more like, oh, I listen to it and it sounds good, and then I download it. But I believe, um, <laughs> I think no, the that's, band... that's great because because it's like you you felt something from the score, mm-hmm. you know, without knowing like who it is. Like I think that's amazing. Like such a high compliment to the composer. <laughs> oh, good, thank you. Yes, that's exactly what I meant yeah. it as. Uh, I think mm-hmm. there's, I think the band Radwimps, if I'm saying it correctly, they might be the ones that do it, but I don't know if they just do like the lyrics or if they sing or they do also the the background music and the scores and stuff. So, but yeah, that, that movie oh, had a great cool. soundtrack, and I have it downloaded. So I'm not totally a fake fan, but I should should learn exactly who does it. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my other um, favorite films are and 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 scores are from the yeah Miyazaki films. Uh, Joe Hisashi, his music is always mm. so inspirational to me. Like mm-hmm. I love how he's not afraid to dive into very like complex em- emotions you know like it, it it makes there's no like one-sided you feel so many different things depending on where you are in your life what you're feeling that day i think that's so profound like that mm-hmm. yep yep and not even movie but uh the video game company square enix as well like they just have some of the best i think scores and pieces ever so it's just anything that like basically that exactly like i think i've come to appreciate scores and in, in just anything lately as a or much more lately because it's just mm-hmm. like when it, it it enhances an experience i think you know and so i think yeah. when you have a good score it definitely like can add to it and more in a video game where you might think like oh music kind of doesn't matter but like all my favorite games have amazing scores and i'm noticing a theme with what i enjoy so yeah no oh yeah definitely it is and i think um just to add my two piece my 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 two cents in there you go that's the right expression um i think when you're like you're more active in creative creating content instead of just uh consuming it whether it be on youtube or in the industry or just like on your own you kind of like train your brain to be a little bit more notice or noticing these kind of things a little bit more and learning mm-hmm. games and being like what are they doing so i can add that so like mm-hmm. anthony specifically is working on um a lot of, like a lot of videos lately where we're incorporating the original scores like as background music oh so i think cool. that's um i mean it's 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 a standard youtube thing i appreciate it but like it's just like oh we'll, we'll download the mp3 and you know hopefully it doesn't drown out my voice kind of thing um 
you know, very advanced editing, but, you know, um, <laughs> I, I think, um, yeah, I think, and I think, like, I've been doing YouTube for, like, a long time, like, almost, like, about 10 years, so, um, I think, like, my pace and everything has just kind of developed, not to, not to make it about me, because, because we have guests and fancy people, but, you know, <laughs> no, it's, it's, I want to hear, <laughs> it's, um, it's definitely a, a game changer when you're just making content versus you're just consuming content because, you know, you have to be more active and you have to kind of have, you know, passion for it at the end of the day. Because, like, I do, like, panels and talks where there's a lot of people that are like, I have this great idea for this thing. And I'm like, do it. And then they don't do it. Right. So because it's it's a lot of work to, to make, like, just anything, like, even a piece of art sometimes can, you know, artists out there, you know, holler, like, can take like eight hours, 10 hours, depending on what you're doing. So, you know, people oh, yeah. don't really think about it until they're in those, those positions, I think. Oh yeah. And it's like, when you, when, once it's out there, it's like, it's, you feel so vulnerable, like a piece of yourself is out there, you mm-hmm. know, like you spend so much time, like you said, so much, so much of yourself in it. And that's the beauty of it, actually. Like, I like when people see different pieces of art or listen to different music and can perceive, have their own interpretation of it. And that's, so cool that you can connect to an audience that way yeah yeah I think you know it's a fun part of the the creative process even though like you know it's it's something not a lot of people think of when they're like oh cartoons I want to learn how to draw but there's other components obviously yeah (laughs) especially Mm -hmm. you know how much everything's changing with like the um just the programs and everything that's, you know, is being updated every like five years or whatever it is. It's really Um, fascinating. You know, the whole process of animation, like how it goes, like, cause sometimes I'll receive cuts, like some, whether it's starting from like, how did it go from a script? And you know, actually first it's an idea and then it goes to script and then you see storyboards. And then when, once the animatic starts rolling in, it's so incredible to see how it just develops you know, at each stage, and it's such a privilege to, to be able to witness that, and there's just so many, it, it takes a whole team to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, I think people don't really think, especially, you know, like, I want to say the children, but, like, I don't think they really think <laughs> about, um, you know, like, when they consume content, like, how complicated it is to make animation, and how, you know, you need a whole, you know, big group of people, because, like, oh, a yeah. shot that, you know, is, like, mm-hmm. maybe 10, 15 seconds probably took that person, like, you know, hours and hours, and then there's, like, a whole feature of that, and, you know, yeah. it needs, like, 50 people, like, we're just so used to consuming it, mm-hmm. um, especially with the streaming services and all that stuff that I don't think people think about it too much unless they're in the position where they want to be the thing or they want to make the thing, so, oh, fun, <laughs> but I, I guess that, that leads, well, we can, since we've talked about that a little bit, uh, I guess that leads to, like, what at what stages do you get the material that you work with? How does it change um, as the production process goes through? And because I'm kind of curious, like, if you're getting, like, concept art and things like that, as a composer, I imagine, like, there's not really too much to do with that, except maybe get, like, a mood going. Right. So, you know, tell, tell me about things. Yeah, so I guess every team works different, but in animation, I feel like it's very typical for the composers to be brought on quite early. Um, whether So, uh, uh, for instance, for this sh- short film, I scored Blush. I, I got brought on, I think, when it was just storyboards, and uh, I got a meet and greet with a director, and... 
he I, I really got a chance to understand wh- why he wants to make this film and what's the purpose behind this um, his film and uh, even though during that time it was just like you said concept arts or like some stills um, based on that conversation I you know I, I crafted like a kind of like a theme like uh, like a mood board like you say like develop a sound palette and mm-hmm. get started that way um, and that's uh, kind of where the collaboration process starts and so that that happens a lot I think in animation typically like um, also right now as I'm scoring, I'm also scoring this TV show right now that's animation, and it's the same thing. Like I, I will get bring on really early. Sometimes the music comes before they even start drawing anything because wow. they need, yeah, because they want some sort of like a click track or some sort of uh, a general guideline of um, the tempo and the pacing of it, so they can start sketching out of it. And obviously, it, it, it will change, you know, once the animations come in. But that's super fun because I feel like it's so collaborative you know like the 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 i'm inspired by all the art that i see you know all the scripts that i read and they say the music inspires them too you know and the pacing and all that so i love how that goes hand in hand um and and any sort of the it, it really depends on the team and also the production stage but i feel mm-hmm. really privileged any time i get to be on board early because then i i do feel that I'm, they, I'm, I'm included in this early co- uh, creative process and I can contribute in the music side. Um, how can I uh, create a score or a theme that represents this character um, and then show these dynamic stories through music? And that's such a... That, that, that kind of conversations make me super inspired. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so then, yeah, animatics come in, like you said, and then as the timing will change. Um, and yeah, I, I think that it, it depends though. Like every project brings me on at a different stage, but I do appreciate the, these early ones. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, I was, I was just wondering if there was streamlined, like, you know, because everything else is kind of, like it has to be at some point, you know, because there's just so many parts. Like if there was an established, like, this is when we get the composer in this stage, but I guess uh, it, it it depends on, you know, just like what the director's thinking. Yeah, it, it definitely depends for sure. Like, uh, and also there's obviously difference between animation and live action stuff as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like how early you bring on. But I think for animation, it's, it's, it's more typical for music to be brought on earlier just because, you know, with the concept arts, with the stills, you know, it all inspires one another and, um, and that's that's super cool. Like that's one of the privilege of being a composer that works in animation too. It's it's I feel like you get to express creativity um, in a much different way. And not to say one is better than the other, but it's it's really fun to be involved in those kind of early conversations. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, we're we're an animation podcast. You could say animation. Okay. Podcast, <laughs> like, yeah. But uh, the way I always kind of like explain it for people that like don't really get it is like you can kind of manipulate I mean I don't want to say manipulate people's emotions but kind of like establish a tone or establish what you're going for just by how you make the characters versus live action you know Mm -hmm. is you know it just it just people kind of thing and you see people all the time so you have a little bit more control um or well you have a lot more control of like you know, just the aesthetics. And I think that's one of the reasons like animation is so popular with kids is because they just look at a 
you know, a pleasing aesthetic of a character, and they're just like, I like looking at it. I want more. Right. Of it, so. And 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 it's cool because sometimes you don't even need to speak the same language. Like it just mm-hmm. it transcends, you know, you know all you know ethnicities age groups like it just it's it's such a cool way of communicating and actually sometimes when animation doesn't have dialogue too the music becomes like such an important character of the film Mm -hmm. uh and and then that's such a great opportunity for you know composers to kind of be creative like what can i do to represent best represent the voice of the character like what kind of unique qualities that i can bring like for example for blush too like since there's no dialogue but uh but because of these early conversations I had with Joe, our director, um, one of the themes we kept coming back to was how our family is really like our oxygen, our source of life. And because of those early conversations, um, it kind of inspired me to add some breath elements or some wind elements, some whispers, vocal elements into the score. And that becomes kind of the voice of the character. Uh, you know, when they fall in love, that's where the air comes in. But when she leaves, that's where the air goes away. Um, so it's just fun cases like this where I feel like it, it's a, a great opportunity to explore and try new things. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. I um I guess my follow-up question that isn't is an honor she did something, so don't worry, but my follow-up question <laughs> is like, um, what kind of knowledge do the directors usually have going into it? Because like, you know, I know I, for example, know the animation process pretty well, but as far as like you know, music and composing, that's the thing where I'm like, I, I don't know how that works. You, you do your thing and I'll tell you if I like it or not. So right. I'm just curious. You know, you know so I, I really encourage the my directors to, you know, you don't have to speak in music terms. You can just tell me, you know, actually, I, like, why? Why do you want to create this film? What message are you trying to convey? Tell me in emotions. Like, what do you want the audience to feel? Like, um, what is your, you know, the meaning behind this? I feel that understanding that is so important in my creative process because it it kind of helps me translate that okay this is what she she wants to convey and how do i use music to convey that like it uh, knowing the you know the back uh your the purpose of this film i think acts as such a great backbone to the sound palette i create just so everything can be very intentional like, I, I really want the music to be intentionally for the film and accurately portrays the message of what my filmmakers are trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really encourage, you know, like, there's no really right way to collaborate with a composer. It's just, um, I think, communication. You know, like, like, talk to them and share with them if, if you're comfortable, like, what, you know, what, what do you, what, why did you create this story? And, it, and it's our job to interpret that and, like, do the best we can to convey that message. That's a good, that's a good answer. I just, you know, again, I'm just curious, because this is like a side of it, like I don't really see, like we have a composer on our team and usually I'm just like, just, just do whatever you feel like and we'll just, so yeah. like not, you know, which is kind of a, a, a pro and a con because you have creative control, but you also are just like, okay, like, if she want, like, does she want anything more specific than that? So I imagine, you know, it, it might be similar um, in the, in the, in the real world. That's yeah. What it, the industry it, world. It always really helps, too, to, like, let's say in a scene and there's something that's just not hitting right, I will always encourage my director, like, oh, which, first of all, pinpoint, okay, this specific moment, you know, maybe 
five minutes, 30 seconds, this moment. Um, and then I'll encourage like, what does it make you feel? Is it, does it make you feel too, that is too rushed perhaps? Like, is it, you know, a bit too scary at this point? Like just speak in emotion terms. And I think that helps and it's our job, like I said, to like kind of, okay, so what can I do in the technical way, in the musical way to, uh, to, to, to revise that? And I always feel that any revisions that we make just makes the score better because then it's more tailored towards what the filmmakers want. And that's our job. So, yeah. Okay. Cool, um, yeah. Follow, follow up question. So how does it work? What do you get to the, um, the, the feedback stage as far as getting feedback outside the main, like creative people? Cause, or what, what, what is, what's the thing called uh, focus groups? Um, ah. There we go. Oh, as in, uh, is there folk? Do you mean that if there's focus groups in the creative process? I guess like um, how focus groups maybe like have you change elements? Like I imagine like if you're like, you know, you're kind of in the zone or all the creatives are in like a zone, but they don't have any outside like opinions as far as ah, does this feel right. So yes. um, I was just curious how that changes the process. Yeah. So typically first I will work with the directors first and, you know, once that's being approved by the filmmakers it will go to the higher-ups for example the executives and have them watch it and then see if they have any notes and if there was you know then we problem solve together like then we work together as a team like okay so where where can we make this better um and then i'll go back and work with the director again and see how that works and, and it depends on the production and the but typically i think that's how it goes like it will uh, after the initial uh, round with the director, it goes to the higher ups, the, the EPs, and I guess that they will be kind of the focus groups, <laughs> where <laughs> where you know it's 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 not their story, but then they act as the the first audience to see it, which which is very crucial because then mm-hmm. they are not as attached in this, you know, um, in the beginnings of it. So I, I feel that it's, it's it gives like a really fresh perspective, and I'm always very open to hear new ideas because sometimes I'm too close to it. And mm-hmm. it's just good to step back and just Oh, do, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. I imagine that kind of is a, is a um, it's, it's good to get that feedback kind of thing. Uh, yes, I for lost sure. Lost my train of thought. But yeah, like, uh, as far as people just kind of being too lost in, like, you know, the, the technicalities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, like, is it even working on, like, a, you know, just on, on a level of just someone's never seen this and you know what are their thoughts kind of thing right oh sorry this brought me on real uh, uh, something that i feel that it's very important in this process too it's like sometimes you know uh if we have created block for example like a writer's block i think what helps me a lot too is just to like step back from the music and just focus on the story and i think that kind of relates to what we're talking about like you know sometimes we're so in the zone of our own art and like what we're doing but then some, um it's helpful whenever there's like a, you know, a hurdle or, 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 or a revision to, to kind of step back and be like, okay, am I watching the scene? Like, as I'm watching the scene now, going back to the story, like, and then I'll be like, oh, okay, actually the music here is a bit distracting or is a bit yada yada. And then I'll make revisions there. So I find going back to that is always very helpful. Just stepping back. Yeah, it's, it's good too, because I think like as pre- like creatives in general you know you 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 have these highs and lows as far as like drive and Mm -hmm. you know it's hard too like when you're 
doing a part of it like it's like doing homework for a class you don't like it's just you know um you know it's like i like this part but i hate this part i don't want to do it but i know i, I need to do it like for the sake of the process kind of thing so, right, um, right you know um okay anthony will you give us some more questions that i wrote down earlier <laughs> Sure. I mean, technically, this is actually a question, too, that we were up to. So, um, But, uh, yeah, so what was one of your favorite projects that you worked on and why? I know you kind of already talked about some things, but if you had, like, a favorite project or a favorite, I guess, favorite experience uh, throughout your time in the industry or, you know. Yeah. Um, well, it's really hard to say because I really love a lot of, like, all of my projects. And I feel that everyone has such a unique story to tell and um I, mm -hmm. I the best part of my job is to write you know music for all different kinds of genre but um i guess the the one that really left an impact on my heart till now is blush that's the first film that uh, first animation that skydance produced and i just feel really honored that they trusted me with their you know their, their baby and <laughs> um that project in itself is such a meaningful film especially during uncertain times of covid that you know it, it was a a project about love and healing and hope so i think it working on that during the pandemic and uh, everyone just kind of bonded over how important you know human connection is and that collaboration process was just very meaningful i think at the end of it everyone felt like family Mm -hmm. um, it, it was also a project that I feel like just inspired me to try new things, you know, like think outside the box, try recording, you know, some weird vocals. And even though my neighbors thought I was strange by, you know, having those weird vocal sounds, <laughs> but it works, you know, <laughs> like it's just it's, it's such a fun process. Like, so I think that really stuck out to me. And, and I'm glad, you know, I feel that it translated that that project and mm -hmm. Skydance really I think they want to continue this message of like love and healing. So even for their first um, animation logo, they used, they played a homage to blush and, you know, had the spaceships and also the music, like they had me to score it, which was incredible honor. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's through those process. I, I feel like I made a lot of longtime friends and good collaborators that, you know, it's just so inspiring to be around. Uh, so all around, great experience so far <laughs> that's awesome yeah and I, and it definitely showed in the work i always love to hear when when everybody's passionate about it and they always put their all in like it definitely yeah. shows then when people are just making something for either money or just the sake of it kind of thing so yeah no that's definitely oh, amazing so to hear <laughs> yeah i mean sometimes i would just when the project ended i was kind of sad that like doing a zoom meeting like oh no like is this one of the last time we're gonna have zoom i'm so that's this is one of my highlights of the day where we can have like our team mm -hmm. zooms you know it's just it really just reminded us how important human connection is and especially during these difficult times it's nice to have like a reminder through our work you know it sometimes it doesn't even feel like work at this point because you love it so, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah so the cliche saying goes it's like if you do what you love you never work a day in your life so exactly that's, that's what it sounds it's, like yeah it sounds cliche but i really genuinely feel that <laughs> <laughs> oh no yeah there there are a few cliche ones that are like they're really good you know they're on the money <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> for sure and i have no shame in admitting it <laughs> yeah awesome wow. you guys you guys are so cute um, <laughs> Okay, what, what is the next question, Anthony? Well, so that's great. You talked a lot about blush, but then we also are wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the process of short circuit. Oh, yeah. I 
actually, I, I, I'm so glad you brought that up. That was really fun too. Um, Short Circuit is such a cool program where I feel like um, every, you know, Disney had this internal thing where they let any of their employees to pitch ideas, pitch stories, and they get to step in different roles where they don't get to be in. So mm-hmm. my director for uh, this episode of Short Circuit, it's um, it's called Qinghua. His name is Jerry. He's a technical director at Disney. Um, but he, you know, he pitches idea. It's a personal story for him. It's about grief, and he wanted to showcase that through traditional uh, Chinese lens. And you know, because of that, he got to step in this role of the director. And I was very honored that they wanted to again try something new. And uh, and that at that point, that was my first one of my first projects in animation was Jinghua from Disney, short Disney. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I just feel that it's, um, and that was really fun because like that, not only, you know, grief was, is such a universal emotion that everyone feels. It was very cool to see it being told through, you know, a, a traditional Chinese lens, where it's with like mm. uh, lucid color, watercolor paintings, you know, martial arts. Um, so the music can have some Chinese elements in that as well. So it's just really fun um, that, you know, that it, it can be tr- translated in such a universal tone. And I, I just feel very grateful that they were, that, you know, they brought me on board as well for that one. <laughs> Um, to follow up as a more technical question that kind of gets into like networking and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, how did that opportunity present itself? Because you, you talked about school and like, was there an internship process through your school or was it like word of mouth or how did, how did you get from point A to point B? I guess? Yeah. So, okay. So at, at Berkeley, I, um, I collaborated with a, cause at Boston, there's obviously a lot of colleges. I collaborated with a, I think it was a Northeastern student on their animation project but actually that animation that time when I scored it was just storyboards and it actually never got made but because of that storyboard I got a whole soundtrack you know from that because I still scored it anyway and it recorded and so when I applied for this uh, this uh, short circuit I, I I used this soundtrack to apply for it and it's just so interesting how things go that, <laughs> uh, yeah. that, and actually I heard about this opportunity through Facebook, um, and they didn't. They didn't even say it was for Disney. They just, you know, someone posted in a woman in music's group, and was just like, "Oh, is there any composers that have animation reel?" They didn't say it was for Disney. They didn't say anything. Just like, "Hey, some, if you love writing music for animation, submit." And I, I just did. I used that score that you know from that animation that was never finished um, to apply, and and there I go. So, um, in terms of like tips on how to get more involved in the industry i feel like there's just so many ways um whether it's in person or virtually you know like i i used to go to um, a lot of film festivals before covid and 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 now because of covid there's a lot of you know virtual events as well like virtual panels that you can attend or even virtual networking opportunities that you can Mm -hmm. attend Mm -hmm. and i feel that i loved going to those because i I feel so inspired every time I go like because you just see such a wide range of projects and you know Mm -hmm. everyone has their own unique story you meet all uh, uh, so many filmmakers uh, so many creatives who are at the same stage as you you know they're starting out and they're just very passionate about what they do Um, so I feel that it being very proactive and that is very important uh, while while getting starting to get involved in this industry I feel 
I'm I'm just I'm just kind of flabbergasted because like I never hear stories of people just kind of getting through the front door. Um, so it's always like it seems like a a nepotism little bubble of of people. So you know, good good for you. Yeah. Well, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, like I so I, I'm someone who's actually quite afraid to network. Uh, if you say like, "Hey, Joy, go network," I feel really shy. But then it's like when I go to these events, I'm not thinking of it as like networking per se i'm just like enjoying a film and if i see something mm-hmm. i like i just i'm not afraid to go up and be like hey i loved your film can you tell me more and that i feel like that comes from a very to me that feels more authentic than like okay go to a networking event and this today my goal is to give my business card to five people you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. like it, it's not as authentic to me so i find that what works for me is to just be an audience and just Mm-hmm. you know even we watch a film watch a short film i don't know attend anything like i feel like that works for me and and I, i'm sure everyone has their own specific way but um but yeah i guess just find what works for you and, and you will find your people i feel like there's just so many different people here and not every time it works you know when you go to an event not you're not going to meet there's so many events i go that i don't meet anybody and that's okay you know it's i feel that mm-hmm. it's better to start from a authentic place i think uh, yeah and and like mm-hmm. mentioning film festivals too because like uh you know we have a like i haven't checked the analytics in a little bit but like we have a range of people and i i get mad sometimes when people are like oh yeah in la we have all these networking events and like some people aren't like in la and yeah. like you know <laughs> well there's so actually films- so many events out there are just virtual even mm-hmm. like in the pandemic i attended a couple and they have these like zoom break rooms now that you can do so i feel like you don't have to necessarily be in la for that mm-hmm and that's that's one of the advantages of COVID, I think, too. Yeah, kind of that, that flexibility <laughs> and, and for, forcing all the old boomers to be like, "What's a Zoom? How do I how do I press a link?" You know, yeah. kind of thing. And I I really just love how much it just the silver lining to it all. It's just every COVID for COVID at least. It's just to remind us, you know, how important human connection is. Like without that, like there's no collaboration that can start. You know, like it's mm-hmm. just you need that FaceTime, even if it's video call or or you know hear the voice like hearing you guys talk i feel i'm connecting with you guys so yeah (laughs) yay (laughs) yeah it's it's nice too to hear about the film festival side because i Mm -hmm. think too like we we i mean i do do a good maybe a good chunk like a couple of conventions a year and kind of kind of thing and you have that kind of same energy but it's also people that are just like solely passionate about like their anime that they like and so i think it's like a very like it's a similar environment but it's also a little different because they're not like you know sometimes they're not creating their own work they just want to you know be passionate about like the thing that they like too but you know i find uh those kind of environments like and i'm sure you might feel the similar but like those kind of recharge my batteries creatively yeah oh yeah like people are care about caring about the thing that you know i like so you know let's talk about it and i'm like oh man you know it's nice and as a YouTuber too, like you don't really get to see your audience like until those kind of events. So I imagine it's similar if you're going to a showing of your own work to like interact with people that way. Yeah, and and, and like you said, like it's sometimes I don't even go to like a music thing. It can just be like I, I'm going to a museum. I just want to see the arts. I just and it's like totally not related to what I'm doing. But being in those environment, like you said, just really inspires me to like oh cool like I want to that makes me want to do something creative now and mm-hmm. I'm sure at those conventions like you said it's like it's just be it's just feeding off the energy of everyone that's passionate about wanting to create and I think yeah that's that's the most important thing I feel it's just to be 
just be passionate about what, what we do, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, something to always look forward to if you're going through a sludge, and especially people who don't have the um, the capabilities to like real life circumstances where they're not like being creative isn't their job specifically and they have to kind of go outside to get that kind of energy is just important and like go go to film festivals guys as well as conventions they're both yeah <laughs> yeah and especially sometimes what we do like we're by ourselves <laughs> when we're comp- you know when we're drawing something composing something we're by ourselves so when we're out and then we see people like we really just that makes us become alive and in a way that's why we do what we do right like just to have mm-hmm. these life experiences and then we can apply that into our art you know if we're just by ourselves mm-hmm. we're never gonna know what grief feels like what love feels like what you know i, I feel that that's very important yeah yeah i i, I agree because like a lot like we just talked about lion king and lion king is you know at the end of the day comes from a you know a grief like really real like yeah things that happen in it and i don't think you know you'd get that if you were just like in your little like you know neurodivergent bubble of just yeah and so so many composers uh, like uh, new up-and-coming composers they will ask me like you know what's my biggest advice and honestly i always tell them there's so much more than music out there and that's it's it's really essential to our job you know it's it's great to have the skills to like you know be a good composer and all but there's also another part of it that you need to go out and experience and like meet people and learn about other people's stories Mm -hmm. because then how that's how we apply to you know, when we're composing, we're, we want to connect with the characters. We want to know what that feels like and, you know, how to collaborate with others, be in other person's shoes. And that's that's also a really important part of it as well. Mm-hmm. Well, that was that was also one of our questions. Like, oh. <laughs> what advice do you give to people? But, you know, um, we can just check that one off the list. Um, <laughs> well, I guess to that, I would say be curious, I guess. Just like be curious and be open-minded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, There's no, always think... something to learn more. <laughs> Exactly. You touched on so many different things there, but it was, it was so good. Everything you said was, uh, yeah, there was, I think it's, I think something you said that to highlight is really important is like how you said that the uh, score that you used was like originally not used when you worked on it for the project and then you got to use mm-hmm. it for this. And like, I think it just shows that like no hard work goes undone. Like it's not going to go to waste. And I think that's, I think for this industry, something that maybe I felt or like maybe a lot of people feel is like, because it's so hard, they think like, oh, I have to just get in kind of immediately or like try my best to just get into the industry but it's like just kind of almost taking it slow in a way or just like you know keep doing work mm-hmm. keep like keep doing things keep creating and then eventually like it may get used or like slowly do stuff like going to the virtual meetups first or something and then like going to film festivals in person or you know stuff like that that's at least how I interpreted it but <laughs> there was yeah, a lot that it, you, you don't ha- it doesn't have to be perfect sometimes it's okay to do b plus work as long as you're just like practicing and mm-hmm. you love what you do then it's just practice you know yeah, and, and then it all connect through the passion of what you love, through either the music yeah. or the animation or, yeah, everything. See, so. you get degrees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, um, I hope I was helpful. <laughs> okay, a, yeah. I mean, I'm still learning at oh, the same time. You know, I'm always, I always feel like I'm still learning and I'm, you know, uh, mm-hmm. always evolving. And I think that's, I will never stop evolving, I think, just as a human being, that there's just so much to learn all the time. Yeah, no, it's very wise. And uh, I, I mean, I'm definitely like already inspired to be like, gotta go create something now after this, you know, gotta go work on stuff. 
<laughs> you guys. Well, so <laughs> it's like Anthony, you have things. Don't you know? Well, I can always give you more things. <laughs> right. But, um, but yeah, I think too. Um, oh, just I'll I'll jump in, Anthony, and then no, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, I just want like I think too at the end of the day, especially because we deal with like a lot of like nonprofit things and reanimates and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like you know, as a as a producer, you just want someone to do a good job and like turn their work and maybe communicate too would be nice. Um, <laughs> and and which is hard when you're not like giving people money, you're not basically bribing them. But like that's kind of how you start building a reputation if that's what you want to call it. Is just mm-hmm. like. Hey, you finished your homework. You know, good, good, good job, kind of thing. So, yeah, I, it's like a. I feel like starting out, the first project feels like oh, it's just it's just one little project. But I feel like it kind of. I like to think of it as a tree. Like you plant a seed, and then it just grows more and more and more in the else because you did a good job this time. You showed up for your collaborator. They will recommend you to someone else, and then from then they will recommend you to someone else, and it just keeps growing from there. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was asking specifically, like, what are for some of her favorite moments, like, in specific projects to score versus, like, the whole. So if there's, like, something that's happening emotionally with a character, like, maybe, like, a climax or something of, of, of an action. So uh, does that make sense, Joy? Yes. Um, I think what, so what I can think about is a very special moment in Blush where the first moment where the pink alien turns around and that our astronaut meets him for the first time and then she blushes. I, I thought that was a very special moment to highlight because that's but the director explained to me that's exactly how he met his wife, Marianne, in person. Like, where she turned around <laughs> and she blushed at the same time. And he's like, he could never forget that moment. And it was translated so beautifully on the screen. So when I saw the that time it was just storyboards, but he explained that moment to me. I I was so touched by that moment, and that's I started playing around and starting to develop a theme, and that's where, I, thinking about that like that image, that's where my the the theme for blush came about is because of mm-hmm. that specific moment when she turned around. So I think it it always just it gives me chills. I think if I felt like it was like a beginning of something for the project, but also the beginning of falling in love. I think it. Yeah, I think I will always feel very, <laughs> like, very feel that like that moment was very special. And um, yeah, and, and ironically, that just became the theme of the film. And from that, we developed um, that small theme to like, you know, building a home together. So it was like a bit more playful. Like, what does it sound like when it's uh, full? And then what what does it sound like when it's sad? What does it sound like when we're moving on? So it, it was just a great opportunity to expand the theme to show kind of all faucets of life but yeah but like you said like that that moment i think is always going to be a very special moment for me to score <laughs> um i'm glad i asked that question because that was that was a, that was a good explanation and it, yeah. it, it kind of shows what we were talking about is like putting yourself into your work and all that stuff except like you know times 10 it seems like <laughs> yeah well yeah and the funny thing is that wasn't even a big you know like the 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 score there wasn't like very full or very elaborate or dramatic like sometimes i feel like composers be like i love that scene because it was the fullest orchestration i wrote at that particular moment but for me it was that's not the point like the point is that my music served the story and, and I, I felt i felt that the at that moment even though the music was super simple i feel that it did show that very simple moment of like i just it's like a love at first sight a very pure innocent you know love at first sight kind of moment so 
anyway i can nerd out about that anytime <laughs> no yeah <laughs> please do that <laughs> this is the place like everyone's always like i'm rambling aren't i i'm like this, that's what podcasts are essentially Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um i think my last question for now is as far as like is is not as a fun question but like a technical question like mm-hmm. what do you use to make your music and like what do you re- recommend for people that are just starting to make digital music and you know like as far as like I, I, my, my basis, my basic understanding of music is very limited. Like I can read music on like a child's level, but that's about it. Right. Um, so, you know, like, you know, I guess explain it in a way that, you know, doesn't make me feel too dumb. <laughs> well, yeah, no, no. So I, uh, right now, uh, everything is so, you know, technology just took over everything, right? So like, yeah. I think knowing your tech is very important. And so composers use this thing called DAW, which is a, I believe is digital audio workstation, but I, I think that's what it means. Um, but for sure, like there's so many different kinds. Like basically, it's like a software where we use to compose music in uh, through computer, you know, computer generated sounds. Because a lot of times we don't have the budget to record orchestra yet, mm-hmm. or like you know, so it all goes through the computer first. So uh, my suggestion is there's really no any DAW that's better than the other. It really depends on you yourself like if for example this i use cubase and that works very well for me because i'm very familiar with it but you know but another composer might come along and be like that doesn't work well for me i, I think i prefer pro tools and that's totally mm. fine i think there's just so there's no set way or set program that like this works or like this is the best sound library yada yada it's just whatever works for you and mm-hmm. i think it's to um, work with whatever you have and there's you know in, in, instead of buying like so tons and tons and tons of sound libraries or something um, it's better to just be familiar with this particular ones that you use because yeah I think at, at the end of the day it's really how you, about how you use them so mm-hmm. I, I would say really get to know your tech you know play around with different sounds um, and yeah I mean just there's so many the good thing about where we are now is like there's so many tutorials free tutorials you know on youtube on on anywhere Mm -hmm. like so it's very easy to learn uh, from home and uh so yeah there's just different uh i think that's a really cool era that we're in now that everything's so accessible to us (laughs) yeah i was i was gonna say too because that is a um a much different answer than like an animator question because like yeah you can you can kind of just do what you want but like once you work in a pipeline as the kids call it, mm-hmm. you know, you have to use X, Y, or Z because that's what, you know, that's what the puppet ro- uh, rigs are made to work in kind of thing. So it's nice that, you know, kids that, like, you know, again, kids, like people that want to get into this, you know, have some flexibility with like how they approach it versus like, you need to know har- tune harmony and you need to use this this program. And oh, yeah. Splash every war. So that kind of uh, thing is, is interesting. Oh yeah, for sure, and it's, and ultimately they all function the same way because the DAW is just where they, it's kind of like a yeah pro, like a advent where like everything is, you you put your ideas out on it, but then it's how you use that software to execute your idea. I don't know if I'm making any sense. <laughs> oh no no yeah yeah yeah, yeah I got you. You know um, yeah I think it, again I think it's just like it's nice that you know people have um, a little bit of creative freedom and. Um, do studios like 
require you like that your your final project uh be in a specific program or is this uh, one that they no can no kind of thing no not at all like they don't you oh, know, there's great. no there's no constraints of like you have to use a certain thing i would say though like um if there's anything in audio like where you you want to record you know live orchestra or like something live and and, and most of the recording studios uh, they use pro tools so that's like a i guess that's mainly on audio but like in terms of like composing the early stages of composing, you can use whatever DAW that you're familiar with. When it goes into like, you know, delivery, you know, for big studios, sometimes they do require Pro Tools. So that is, if, if there's one that you should kind of know, I'm not a total expert in Pro Tools, but I know the basics of it that I can maneuver around. I would say start there, maybe check it out, see what, because they all ultimately function the same way. Um, yeah. <laughs> Is Pro Tools by subscription or is it like a one-time get it get it forever kind of? Oh, deal? I believe right now it's subscription. I it oh. used to be yeah I know it used to be <laughs> one-time thing. It's from Avid, so yeah, I have my thoughts yeah. about that, but that's alright. <laughs> we'll save that for another time. <laughs> but um, well, but but uh, you know that's uh, again like there's just once you know one. Um, I feel like one DAW, it's easy to just transition to another one because you, it's it's the same concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah I wouldn't stress too much about it just like you know start playing around with it uh, watch some tutorials and but the most important thing is just once you start dabbling in it you're gonna learn as you go that's really the only way you're gonna learn just to play around with things and once there's problems just google it and figure it out there <laughs> that's how I do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what could possibly go wrong yeah um. <laughs> yeah all right. Um, I don't think I have any more questions um, on my end. Is there anything else you wanted to share as far as like, you know, your creative process or anything else you think we haven't talked about that you'd like to talk about? Um, yeah, I, I would just say like, I, I guess I just want to give a shout out to all my collaborators if they're listening sure, to this. Sure. It's just like, I, I really do every single experience that I, I get to work with someone um, and get to have their trust in executing their story, you know, whether it's big or small, short film, feature film, TV show, whatever, um, any platform. I just, I always feel that it's such a big honor <laughs> to be able to do that. Cause that's, you know, I know you guys go through so much, like we talked about, like it takes so much for that, for it to come to the composer that takes so many people, so many efforts, so many hours for the animation to come to us, you know, like, so mm-hmm. any opportunity that they, someone trusts me to execute their vision, I, I honestly feel very grateful to be involved. And I guess I just want to thank everyone that, and then you guys for having me here, you know, it's, thank you for being interested, you know, just, just, just hire all of us, Disney. It's, it's cool. Yeah, I know. Seriously. It's a, it's, it's a great industry to be in. I think just keep that, keep that initial spark and passion, I think. We'll be good mm-hmm. to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Joy, do you have any social media you'd like to plug? Where can people find you? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube. It's just my name, Joy Yao, J-O-Y-N-G-I-A-W. And that's where you'll find me in all across. <laughs> Great. Actually, okay, I that, a, that makes it easy. One quick question that kind of relates to that. Do you do any live performances or is it more just like behind the scenes stuff or anything like that? Yeah, I'm a very behind the scenes person. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> Looking I forward to, to going um, to a performance. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, there actually, there are some shows around, you know, at, at least in LA, like a lot of shows that are like live to picture where like there'll be a live orchestra playing to a picture and I've done mm-hmm. some of those before and that's really fun. Um, awesome, but okay. For, like, yeah, I'm a very... Uh, behind the scenes person <laughs> yeah cool yeah I just wanted to 
double check, make sure, tell the listeners to go to these performances. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Anthony. You're being yeah. you're being active in the conversation. Yay. Yeah. And yeah. to your yeah. listeners, if you've been listening so far, thank you so much <laughs> for, ha- for just, you know, hanging out with us. <laughs> Yeah, I always I always make a joke that not a lot of people I mean, people listen to the podcast, but I'm like sometimes I just like, oh, it's it's just, you know, me talking to my friends and that's that's it. But, you know, it's it's always nice when people like listen through and I'm hoping like, you know, or I always hope that this like, you know, the the platform helps people learn more about the industry cuz that that was a a concern I had like when starting it is just like everything's so hyper focused in LA and it's it's gotten better because of COVID. But this was mm-hmm. this was the pre COVID days. So like some of this information just wasn't available unless you know you 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 were you were going to panels at conventions or right. you know, you were you, you knew a friend of a friend whose dad's did this thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping <laughs> it kind of makes it a little bit more accessible to people as yeah. far as like their personal journeys and stuff. But honestly props to you because this this is the the best education you can have. You know, like it's like I love that how you know there's so many people like yourself that's willing to just share these information um i'm sure your listeners are appreciated that's how i learn anyway you know like i i really do do some research i do listen to podcasts as well and like search online it's just it's i love that it's it's such a well like there's you can dive into anything anywhere <laughs> thanks yeah and, and to throw it back to you as well then like the good thing about podcasts is that we have a bunch of different guests and so from from my time being because i only co-hosted a couple episodes but i've been on the team for a while so i've heard most of them and so like uh one of the coolest things i think is having different people from the industry so like we have a composer you know you, you make the scores and then we had a voice actor an animator and so it's also so like cool. a, a team effort in that sense too where it's like little bits of pieces for you know or everybody putting in a little bit and contributing a bit here and there so right. yeah <laughs> so thank you as well for being one of the guests to share the information so <laughs> Aww, thank you guys this was so fun <laughs> right, um i think we can we can do our wrap so thanks again for listening to animation communication we upload whenever um we usually upload on wednesdays but uh you know it's it's been a little bit inconsistent lately but we have like a whole library i think we are we're up to 70 episodes so you know if you're new then you like or what i say is like i doubt you've listened to all of them so go go listen to all the things and um you know i'm on all the social things like comment subscribe and then the podcast is on youtube as well as spotify and wherever you whatever your preferred podcast provider is um so thanks again joy for joining us and thanks uh for everyone for listening and i hope you have a good day slash night slash morning uh listening to the in the car or whatever you're doing and you know i i appreciate your horse support Thank you so much for listening to Animation Communication on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. We are really hoping the show makes a difference in how people view animation as well as media as a whole, as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation and media industry. If you like what you heard, please remember to show support by giving a like, a follow, rating those five stars, as well as subscribing to our main I Love Kim Possible a Lot channel on YouTube and turn your notification on. New episodes of Animation Communication come out every Wednesday at 6 a.m. EST on podcasting platforms and 4 p.m. EST on YouTube. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The KP Podcast for information about upcoming guests, episodes, and more, as well as our host, KP and Riddle, at I Love KP A Lot, 
and at Rita Lightning on social media. I'm Kat, and thank you for being part of our community. See you next time on Animation Communication.